Hi, welcome to this edition of the Rich Urban Show. We're very happy to have Barbara Fuller on today. She's one of the seven candidates for the Board of Education here in Jefferson County, West Virginia. And the only election for that is on May 10th, 2022. So make sure to vote. So please introduce yourself, Barbara. Hi, I am Barbara Fuller. Um, I am a resident of Jefferson County uh, in, over in Middleway. I um, am the mother of four children, um, the retired, uh, the wife of a retired Air Force uh, lifer. Um, and we chose to move to Jefferson County back in 2007 because uh, it was a great match for our family and our kids and wanted to make it our home. And that's what we've done ever since. Uh, we moved here sight unseen uh, and just headed west from Colorado. And uh, we have enjoyed and loved living here ever since. The, uh, the history of the area is absolutely amazing. Um, my children were in, three of my children were enrolled in Jefferson County Schools. My oldest was uh, finished with high school by the time we moved here. And uh, just the trials and tribulations of what was going on with my children in school uh, made me realize that there needed to be change. So I said, hey, in 20, I think it was 2020, I said, I'm going to run for Board of Education. And that was an interesting race, <laughs> if, to say the least. Um, and I missed it by a little bit. And I said, we still need change. Uh, my daughter is uh, a senior in Jefferson High School, and um, we still just need, we need work. And there's so many things that are just near and dear to my heart, like special education, that I cannot leave behind. You know, I, there needs to be change, and, and I want to be the one to do it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So what, what um, you mentioned special education. You know, what, what are the most critical areas facing Jefferson County public schools right now, in your well, opinion? The first would be um, fiscal responsibility. I've seen uh, the budget just inflate and uh, we've sued companies, we've uh, sued employees, we have um, just wasted, I believe, our resources on frivolous uh, things. Uh, one happens to be the attorney. Instead of utilizing the county attorney, which is how it was done in the past, we decided we were going to have an attorney who um, was hired on by Epic. And to me, that was $160,000 or $140,000 that we could have saved and used for our teachers, uh, used for our students, used anywhere. Right. Um, so that that is one. Uh, the other is uh, special needs. We have um, a lot of children who have IEPs, uh, and most parents, when they find out that their child needs help, does not know everything that the government offers to them. I know I certainly didn't. Um, they just told me, hey, your son is slower in reading. We're going to do this, 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 and this. 
um, he'll get this, 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 and this, sign this and this. <laughs> and when I said, can you explain it? They gave, I guess, a textbook uh, answer and I had to research it. And then I found out that, well, my son was offered so different things, but we could have gotten so much more. Um, so through advocating for my son, myself, um, we were able to uh, actually um, go from someone who was going to receive a special diploma to someone who was actually able to get a general education diploma, which through years of hard work, we were able to get a general uh, education diploma instead of having to have a wow. uh, one of their certificates of completion. Uh, and so I want to make sure that every parent knows everything that they are entitled to, services that they are entitled to, um, whether it is for just uh, a child who has dyslexia or is slow in reading to a child who has other deficiencies such as, you know, uh, cerebral palsy or, you know, Down syndrome or anything because you have to know what you're entitled to. Um, that okay. Is, that, those are to my two main concerns. All right. All right. So what, like, as a board of education member, what do you think, you know, how do you see your role? Like what's, what's the um, most important role you have? Well, I would say that my, the, the most important role for board of education members is to be advocates for the community, to be the community's voice. Um, to listen to what your teachers need, what your employees need, what your children need, and what parents need, and to compile all that together and work out the best policy for those, for all of those three groups. Okay, okay, fair enough. So, so uh, I wanted to put out or, or ask a question it's not made directly related to the school board, but I know you were featured in this, not featured, <laughs> you were mentioned in the spirit of Jefferson about a month ago, implicated in like the uh, release information for Michelle Gordon. So people may or may not have heard about that, but I wanted to give you a chance to say something about it. Do you have any comment about that? I do. So the whole thing goes back to the fiscal responsibility and I was given documents to hand over to JCP um, because I was a direct line of contact between them. And when I handed them over and everything was done and I, I said, well, this is kind of crazy. I can't sit back knowing what I know um, and knowing what I've seen and not call attention to it because as taxpayers, everybody needs to know if there's something that could be potentially fishy or awry that you're going to pay for. Uh, you know, knowing that a, a lot of our tax dollars uh, go to schools, but we also have other, you know, other other parts of those. 
okay. that uh, that those funds that go to you know programs that are funded through the county commission, you know I I couldn't look back and say well you know we're not going to investigate what what yeah. could be potentially as you know missing money, and and when I spoke I said you know I'm not saying that that happened or it didn't happen. But what we need to do is we need to investigate it. And if there seems to be an issue, we handle it at that point. And if there's not, we carry on as as yeah as, yeah. We, as we should. Well, and, personally, for me, if I might interject, the yeah. main issue was the um, it seemed like the information, at least according to the article, was allegedly gathered by um, although I guess it's publicly available, was gotten quote unquote, illegitimate or illegally on a federal database. To me, that was the main deal, not to, you know, because truly if there was things that are questionable, they should be investigated. I think most people agree with that. But for me, right. that stuck out like, oh, uh, someone accessed the database wrongly. Um, that seemed a little questionable to me. So I don't know. That, yeah, but that is true. Now, I do know that some of the documents that I saw uh, literally came from Google. Um, one of the documents came from like one of those been verified or truth finders documents. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I know about those. The of. other one was, um, I believe, a local police department. Now, it wasn't the sheriff's department. It was, uh, I think it, it might have even said Shepherdstown on the top. Um, so I know for a fact that. Um, the spirit had said that it came from NCIC, and that is a gross misstatement. And I've set out publicly that, you know, I do not believe that it was NCIC. I wasn't the one who pulled the reports. They just came from one person to me over to JCP. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess it said an article because it had personal information that Otherwise, wouldn't be on like been verified or something. I don't no, want to no, spend all day not. on it. I just yeah, thought yeah, I'd no, no, let that's you fine. It. That is fine, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always open. I'm always willing to answer questions about it. Um, I had some issues with the way that it, uh, that that the spirit had uh, relayed some of the information. I don't think it's necessarily accurate. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, and. I know that he was getting his, uh, they were, the spirit was getting their information from other sources. And, um, you know, that, that could also change the, the way that their, their thought process. Yeah. So are you saying but, that that wasn't true? Like that there was personal information posted? That I, I believe that there was a, one of those things from Shepherdstown um, actually put her her social up there and uh, he had caught it prior and if I'm not mistaken uh, the last time I spoke with uh, with him from JCP he's like Barb I kid you not it was up for not even like three three to five minutes it, there's no way it could have been any longer and I said okay you know just you know we, you know, probably should have been a little bit more careful with that. But on the same note, the, the stance that was taken was, you know, if if 
the people who are giving us the information knew that it was on there, they probably should have redacted it as well. Okay, let's move along from that. I have nothing to hide. You know, I didn't pull the reports. I literally was the person who, hey, Fuller, you know, I'm not around. Can you grab these and then send them to me because I'm not able to meet? Yeah, sure. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> okay. All right. So about the, um, you mentioned about financial, I think, trans fiscal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So our administration here in Jefferson County is very top heavy. It's way more administrators for students than say in Kanawha County, which is like, I think double as big or something like, yeah, twice as many students and they have a, just a small amount more administrators. Like, would you cut administrative staff well, if you were, uh, were tried to? If you're elected, I would. I know that that I've looked at some of the uh, the, the administrators. Um, I remember seeing that we had two uh, transportation directors, so I would definitely look into that. I'm not really sure why we would need two, um, and I would look at that. I would look at some of our other um, administrators and see if we're not looking at job redundancy. Um, and and utilize those skills. Um, I know that there we have a. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Hans Vogel. He is the 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 public relations guy, and he just needed to hire somebody to help him. Well, there's really not that much public relations that is coming out. So I'm thinking he's also a newspaper guy. He could probably handle it himself unless he's doing other tasks that I don't know about. Yeah. Um, well, so, also, <laughs> I might mention, like, I know they have a diversity director, and not to be politically incorrect, but I mean, do you really need a diversity director? I mean, is that really a necessary position? I, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. No, I don't no, know. And, and I get it. So, so my first thought was, you know, aren't we a diverse area just to start off with? Um, but when I look at, <laughs> my son goes to VMI and they are having this whole huge war on uh, DEI training and you know doing this, doing that. Um, and then I have people telling me, well, you know, all corporations have these things now. And so do I, think that we need one. Honestly, I don't, um, because I know that we are so diverse, and I don't really think that we as Jefferson County have um, such such issues with um, having to, you know, build up other races. I think that, uh, that, that that's really, I haven't seen anything that would suggest that we need it, um, unless uh, they're just filling in spots for uh, federal funds that they need. I don't know the whole um, reason why they were why they made the position in the first place. Well, uh, if, so that segues into another issue, like the excess property tax, which is a significant part of our property tax, so-called the school uh, excess levy. Yes. Do you? I mean, would you? support renewing that uh, i mean um it's a lot of tax revenue here's what i'm getting at okay as a taxpayer you know um so 
we pay a lot of property tax and property 82. taxes are up because of the valuations have jumped. And on top of that, like I think literally about 40% of the daggum property taxes is school excess levy. I mean, it's not small, it's huge. And then, so, and we've got this top heavy administration and a lack of transparency because I can't figure out where the money's spent. I mean, I looked at their so-called documentation when we had the excess levy, which obviously, by the way, in case anybody didn't know, I opposed. And <laughs> then, uh, you know, I said, oh, it says, oh, here's their documentation. Oh, we're spending, I'm not sure the exact number, 13 million on salaries. Well, whose salary? What salaries? I found out by digging, a whopping one to two percent goes to the teachers, and that leaves about 98 to 99 percent for, uh, I guess, administrative staff. I mean, that's crazy, in my opinion. It is. <laughs> no, it is, and I agree with you 100 um, percent. Levies are always for learning. So, would I, do I think that we need a levy? to boost our teachers' salaries. And, and I'm going to be specific with boosting our teachers' salaries um, and use for children and learning. Um, that is something that I could support a levy for. But supporting levies for um, excess board positions or, or administrative positions, I, I have a, a really big problem with that. <laughs> okay, clear enough. So recently the National School Boards Association, as you're aware, I'm sure called parents terrorists and was questioning parents speaking out at school board meetings. And there was a rally about that in Alexandria, which I happened to actually be at. And would you support Jefferson County Public Schools withdrawing from that association? Oh yeah, without a doubt. So basically, um, if if you take if you are going to call our parents terrorists, um, obviously you're doing something wrong. Um, that you would infuriate them that they would come to your board meetings um, and to call them terrorists because they're speaking out for their children is just one of, it's deplorable. Um, and I don't think that we should be involved with any group that's going to tell us that we, we can't listen to our parents. Okay, that's clear enough. So we're kind of on the topic of political activism. And in January, just after January 6th um, rally for President Trump, I actually, there was two school board members, as you know, not mm -hmm. school board members, I'm sorry, two bus drivers were suspended, yes. and some 30 employees were called to a meeting with threat of suspension just for attending a political rally. So, you know, all that being said, would you vote to renew the contract for Ms. Gibson? Do you have comments about that? So, so the fact of the matter is, is that Miss Gibson, uh, she does have a contract, um, and it will be renewed prior to any of us being elected if we are then put in. Um, but it is my and 
and let me go a little further into that. We are not mergers and acquisitions where we can go in and, and play henchmen and just can everybody on the spot. We'd all like to do that. It's not something that is in our power to do. So we would actually have to re, uh, we would have to give our goals and our expectations. And I would say that if for any reason that our goals and our expectations are not met, then that would be a pretty good indication that, uh, that you know, Ms. she would have to, you know, pursue other avenues of employment. And, you know, at least as far as I'm concerned, there are certain things that I would like to see, see be done um, with the budget, with special needs, with our teachers. And if, if she's not willing to entertain them, I think the writing's on the wall. Okay. So you're saying that um, I was looking for that information. It hasn't been renewed, but you're saying that the board, current board will renew it. So they gave her a very um, easy objective list that for her, for her, her, her review, if I'm not mistaken, which they had just talked about it just a couple board meetings ago. Um, and it, if I'm not wrong, it, the vote should be coming up sometime in May, um, early June to renew her contract. But that That's is what the word on the street is, is that her contract will be renewed um, regardless of who is coming in. Um, and so if, for, if the current board uh, with the addition of one new member, um, if they are still in power, um, you know, they will probably wait till it's almost time or right before her contract is due to renew. Um, but if they lose their positions, it, it, it's, it's told to me through the grapevine that they will push her contract uh, prior to, uh, to them leaving office. I see. Okay. That's just a rumor, but it sounds like it's pretty feasible. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, different types of schooling, so, um, well, a couple of points related to this. So, do you support uh, parental choice, for instance, homeschooling, private schooling, charter schools, just different options for parents? I do. And I'll tell you why. Um, as my son who has Perthes disease, and I tell other kid, other parents that no two children's disease progression is the same. They're like snowflakes. They're like snowflakes because everyone is different, and there's there's no difference in schools. So every child is different. There's not a one-stop shop for schooling. Um, my own son went to high school in Frederick, Maryland. Um, he just did not, um, Jefferson County Schools was not a fit for him. Uh, he is, he needed more attention focused on him, even though he, uh, you know, he had scholarships and he's the one who goes to VMI now. 
it, he needed a more regimented schooling and learning. Um, the other two, they were are, are completely different. My daughter is is a free soul, and um, I'm still trying to figure her out. Um, and the other, my other son, he had an IEP, so that was uh, he didn't want to go to private school, and we just made the best of of what we could, you know, do with me being his advocate in Jefferson County Schools. Okay. Yeah. I no. do. I fully support homeschooling, co-ops, private school, charter schools. However you intend on schooling your child is a parent's choice. That's right. I agree with that. I think most, most people would. Um, so public school enrollment has declined across the board. If you have the, the statistics currently for Jefferson County, you can share those. How would you deal with that? That means we're saying the administration is bloated and the budget's declining. I mean, not the budget, <laughs> it should be, but the enrollment's declining, which may, which I guess would mean the budget's declining and there's a lot of money wasted. Do you have any comments on that? I do. So um, I think that for the most part, our enrollment is declining because parents decided to to do more homeschooling. And I think that was really, it wasn't because of the school system itself. It was because of the fact that we had uh, the, the pandemic and the, um, the, the online virtual schooling for most kids was just a disaster. Um, I know that we had a huge homeschooling population prior to the pandemic. Um, so I think that uh, people just realized that, wow, those homeschoolers, they kind of had an, a little niche, you know, and, and those, those kids do really well. So, you know, maybe we'll do that. Um, I do see a lot of uh, people that are pulling their kids uh, because of, you know, and going the homeschooling route. And there, a lot of them are also going to the, the virtual schools, which I'm not really a fan of because, they, they seem to spend too much time on the computer, um, which is, is not really teaching. You know, having them watch a video of doing mathematical equations is not teaching the steps that you need to do. Mm. Um, but I would say that, that our decline is, is due in part to the pandemic. Yeah, well, definitely. But I hadn't heard much talk about, like, yeah, I mean, the way it, it seems like the, the school board or are, are anyway, they seem to feel like kind of entitlement mentality. Okay, this is obviously just my opinion. But it's like, oh, we have all this money, so we'll do this and that. And we have, a, you know, these different positions. It's like, a oh, golly, Jiminy Crickets, you know? I mean, and also the fact that um, another thing about the property tax, it doesn't, doesn't support, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't support people who are in like homeschooling, private schooling, charter yeah. schooling. It just goes to public schools, isn't that right? It, it does. Well, so, and, and if I remember correctly, so our property taxes um, go down to Charleston and then they, then they divvy them up. But our levies, 
which are specifically for us, um, they do not go to homeschoolers uh, or charter schools. Okay, so, yeah, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> right. So you have the general property tax, some of which I guess could go to the new program that I guess over time will go to follow the students, right? Right. But not so, the excess levy. No, so those are, those, if the way they were explained to me, and I could be completely wrong, but the way that they were explained to me is that those are not the, the funds that are sent down um, and split up. Those do stay in Jefferson County. Right. Okay. Well, don't have a lot more time. I did want to bring up one thing that's close to my heart. Sure. As you know, I've run a nonprofit that yeah. deals with um, helping you succeed through staying sexually absent before marriage and from drugs and alcohol. And um, that is a very good way statistically to help students, you know, succeed, finish high school. You don't have kids before you marry, get a job. And that yeah. really helps. But I do want to point out, and this was a really interesting, ironic thing. I, in January, I was at the board meeting of 2021, the very board meeting where just after the whole Trump rally thing, and they were reviewing it, it happened at that, that meeting, and I was giving some comments, the sex ed curriculum. So I made mm -hmm. comments that we should have absence-centered curricula available, and then Mr. Mr. Willie Belmont said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And then the same and Mr. Then, Belmont was arrested in September for having sex with a 17-year-old student, and he was indicted in January, and I guess his trial is pending. Yes. So all that being said, that's extremely ironic, but not just ironic, extremely concerning. So do you support, like, at least as an option, if not having a primary, having, like, abstinence-centered health education so, available? I do. So... Um, of course, and it's always uh, a it's a discussion between parents and students. It should not be a discussion between students and teachers slash administrators, because you know it should be kids and their parents. Um, my stance has always been, and so sadly enough, I don't know if it's sadly. Even my 32 year old, um, I still have no grandkids. So, so far, all of my children have made it out of high school. And so um, this, is, this is what I've instilled in them, is that when you have premarital sex, it clouds your brain from being able to cope and respond to what you need to focus on. I said, because your endorphins are going to tell you that you're in love with this person and you will do whatever you need to do. And your job right now is to get through high school, to get through, uh, get a job or go to college if you so choose. Um, you can have boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, but I'm going to tell you right now that the moment that you become intimate, it, everything changes and you do not need that to be one of those other things that you have to deal with in, in high school. Um, and it, it's amazing. My kids, uh, they, uh, they said, well, you know, mom, your speech was really good, but you know, dad is more scary than you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, you know, I'd like to, I would love to pat myself on the back for my speech, but apparently my husband is, is a tad bit more scary than I am. Um, and they don't want to go down that road, but that's just the way, you know, that is, that is my opinion on that subject. But yes, I do believe that that should be an option for all kids. Okay. Well, I think we're coming toward the end here of the interview, but I want to give you an opportunity to share anything else that we hadn't covered about why the voters, you know, should vote for you on May 10th. Well, so as I've explained that I have been here since 2007, um, I do not have a full-time job. I, because I, my husband, you know, we've discussed it and I was going to stay home with my kids. Um, I have the time, I have the uh, um, emotional drive to, to fix and to help our kids succeed. Um, I don't have to worry about, oh, sorry, I'm in a, in a meeting with, um, you know, at work, I won't be able to handle that. Um, there's not going to be any of that. Um, I, I honestly want to make things better for our children. And uh, I think that that's what makes me just a little bit different than everybody else because I don't have to answer to anybody. There is a job. I have, well, I will have all of the, all of the people of Jefferson County to right, answer right. to, but I don't have a job that would infringe on that. Okay. Well, that's excellent. Well, I really want to thank you for um, coming on today. We're going to- oh, thank um, you, Richard put this up as video and podcast and hopefully it'll help the voters to decide you know and and as i said everybody do get out and vote may 10th that's your only chance to vote for the board of education yeah so th yes. thanks for coming on thank and, you so very um, much for having me yes and thank you for tuning in for this edition of the richard urban show